This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. You know, Bob Grant is one of the greatest radio talk show hosts who's ever lived. And he used to begin his program by saying three words, let's be heard. It was also the title of his his book, his memoir. Well, there are days when that is more challenging than others. This is one of those days. I have a, a severe bit of laryngitis. I am doing what I can to manage it. I'm drinking tea, I'm gargling, I'm taking menthol cough drops, I'm staying well hydrated, and I am hopeful that my voice will be able to hold out for the next four hours. I think the most difficult part of doing a radio show is, you know, I get excited, I tend to yell, I get very ebullient, and that will strain your voice in a hurry. So I'm going to make an effort to speak at this tone for the entire four hours. This is the quietest that I've been since I was broadcasting from a hotel lobby. But we are still going to answer your questions on any subject this hour. Give me a call, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222 as we embark on another edition of... The Other Side of Midnight proudly presents Ask Frank. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. And here we are. Uh, Very happy to be here this Friday before Christmas. And I'm sure a lot of you are still awake doing your last-minute Christmas shopping. I'm sure others are working. I'm sure some of you might be coming back from a Christmas party tonight. Wherever the case is, welcome. If you're new to the show or new to this segment, this is where I give you my take on anything you want. You want to know my opinion on something? I'll tell you. You want to know some inside radio stories? I'll tell you. If you want to know, um, you know, any hypotheticals? I'll tell you. If you have a personal question about my background, I'll tell you. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Uh, let me begin with Charlie. Hello, Charlie. What's your question? Frank, my question is regarding the Colorado State Supreme Court's ruling about President Trump, what do you think this is going to have an effect, what kind of effect rather do you think it's going to have on his uh, campaign to get back in the White House or his campaign for president? Well, I think it's going to have uh, almost no effect, but it may have a positive effect. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the legal aspect of this in the top of next hour, so I'm not going to spend too much time on this now. Look, there's no chance that he, the Supreme Court doesn't put him back on. He will absolutely be on the ballot in the state of Colorado. So that's why I say the effect is almost negligible. However, I think Trump will use this to further the narrative that he's being persecuted, that the system is rigged, that they're trying to deny voter choice, that they're trying to deny democracy, and that could help him raise a lot of money at a time when he's going to have to go toe-to-toe in the short term with the Koch brothers and their political machine in the person of Nikki Haley, and then um, he's going to need that money again when he goes toe-to-toe with Biden and the 
left-wing donors for the general election. So I don't see it having much of an effect because he's still going to be on the ballot. But I think any amount of money he's spending in legal bills now will be more than made up for in terms of uh, increased campaign contributions. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Frankie is in Philadelphia. Hi, Frankie. Uh, yes, Frank. I had a question for you. Why are you always asking people for money? Like you would ask them to leave, you know, you and their will, uh, tip you, you know, and there's no other host that does that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Frankie. Yeah, we are distinct in that. Um, you know, it really comes down to uh, Tip O'Neill. You know, uh, Tip O'Neill, former Speaker of the House who coined the term, all politics is local, he had a neighbor, uh, someone that he would mow their lawn, uh, that uh, he would take care of her, and she didn't end up voting for him in his first election. And if memory serves, he narrowly lost. And he asked this woman, he assumed that she voted for him because they were close and he knew her since he was a child, and um, she told him, no, you never asked. And I think a lot of people just may not think of me as being in a tip-centric industry or think of me as someone that they want to leave their money to when they pass on because I haven't asked. So so I've asked. You know, I don't harp on it. I don't mention it a lot. But, you know, I've mentioned it. And, it, you know, um, a lot of the people that you might end up leaving your estate to or your inheritance to, they, you know, are not – your companion in the wee hours of the morning as I am. All right. 800-848-9222. We have three open lines if you have a question. And by the way, I should have, I should have mentioned whoever comes up with the best, the most interesting, most creative question this hour, We and the as judged by Elias, Matt Blaze, and Tony, we will give a little Christmas cheer to, a very nice gift from the other side of Midnight online store. So now's your opportunity to call in and maybe win a prize. 800-848-9222. Nancy in New Jersey, what's your question? Well, Frank, you know, when you look at the fluffy white clouds today, not like when I was growing up like 80 years ago, um, there's a, oftentimes there's a big black center in the middle of these white clouds. Would you or Dr. Sky have any idea why these clouds are getting these black centers, not every cloud, not all the time, uh, not all the same size, but it has a black center in it. Why? Well, I'll, and thanks for the call, Nancy. I'll bring this up with Dr. Sky on, uh, on Wednesday. I'm not an expert in clouds, but my understanding is that clouds and certain parts of clouds appear darker as they thicken and gather more water droplets and ice crystals. And then when light passes through a cloud, it reflects off the droplets, making the cloud appear different colors. So as clouds thicken because of the moisture, less light can pass through, making them appear darker. But um, we will I will pose that to Dr. Sky on uh, Wednesday. And if you want to call in, you're welcome to pose it to Dr. Sky as well. 800-848-9222. That's uh, 800-848-9222. Russell is in White Plains. Hello, Russell. Frank, I'd like to ask you, Congress is threatening to cut off federal student loans to Harvard and and tax their $50 billion endowment. Would you say that's Congress passing a law infringing on freedom of the speech? No, no, I wouldn't. I I think, um, you know, Congress has every right to tax university endowments for any reason. They make tax policy 
I, I don't think the um, the speech of their administrators or their students should be the reason for that policy. No. If Congress passes a law saying that um, you're being thrown in jail if you make a certain remark about mi- the Middle East or something along those lines, then that's an infringement upon free speech. But no, that's tax policy. 800-848-9222. That's 800 848 Two two two. David is in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hi, David. Yes. Um, good morning, Frank. Um, my question is about the Insurrection Act. With all this talk about uh, a possible um, use of that, do you think it's time to revisit that issue and possibly repeal it? Because I was reading it today, and I'll be honest, the amount of power it gives to mm. a single person is frightening, and there seems to be no way of, of the um, legislative or the judicial branch doing anything about it if it's invoked. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, I've had concerns about this for a long time. I uh, started looking at this back in 2020 when it was being called upon and when there was the controversy over that Tom Cotton uh, New York Times op-ed. I think, um, you know, I'm not for repealing it, but I would love to see some judicial or legislative oversight. The president as the commander-in-chief and as somebody that um, flexes his muscle in a lot of different areas, has a lot of power, a, a lot of power to do things that no one can question, like veto like um, veto legislation or pardon anybody that he wants. I would love to see Congress reform the Insurrection Act to prevent presidential abuses of power. And, you know, you have an interesting situation where the Democrats control the Senate. They don't like Donald Trump, and there's a chance Trump may be the next president. The Republicans control the House. They don't like Joe Biden. He's the current president. Maybe, just maybe, this is an issue that there could be bipartisan consensus on in, um, in you know, in this term. I'd love to see that. That would be great. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Geraldine is in Woodside. Hi, Geraldine. Hi, Frank. I'm sorry about your laryngitis. Thank Drink you. lots of chicken soup. But Thank you. I would, I'm curious. Uh, you and Rachel uh, together on Christmas Eve. Are you going to have any kind of a special dinner? Because I know you have an Italian background. Yeah. That's why I'm curious. It, no, it's, uh, uh, that's one of the holidays, pr- primarily because of the menu, that I most uh, look forward to. We're going to be... We're going to be at uh, at my dad's. My dad throws a um, a big party. It's a little bit it's a little bit smaller than usual. There's usually about fifty people, but um, this year there's probably going to be about thirty five people. But there's I'm a seafood fanatic. Rachel a little less so. But there's uh, shrimp cocktail. There's fried galamad. There's cold fish salad. There's steamed mussels. There's uh, baby quiche. There's a baked brie. There's baked clams. There's uh, two types of pasta, one with white clam sauce, one with red clam sauce. Wow. There's lobster tails, there's stuffed shrimp, there's shrimp gumbo, uh, there's cauliflower, there's broccoli. This is just the menu from a few years ago. So I don't wow. even know what my uh, stepmother and father are, are cooking up now. They spend weeks working on this. So uh, I, it's, I, it's I really... I believe you, and, and uh, I, I'm of Polish background. Unfortunately, everyone in the family is gone. I'm the last one. I'm alone. Oh, so I, know, I, I no longer have the pleasure of having the totally meatless 
uh, Christmas Eve dinner, just as the Italian people concentrate just on fish. The Polish people concentrate on nothing with meat. So there are soups, there are pierogi, uh, there's uh, cabbage leaves and what. My mother used to prepare maybe 15 dishes, but we were... The most we would be would be 20 people. So it's amazing that you have this uh, event, this happy occasion to look forward to. Enjoy it. And I wish I could be there to have some of the fish. I love fish as well. Uh, well. But, but, you know, God bless you, uh, you, Rachel, and your wonderful son, uh, Carmine. He's very bright, by the way. Uh, And and, uh, have a healthy, happy New Year. Drink lots of chicken soup. Thank you, Geraldine. Merry Christmas to you. and, And I appreciate the the well wishes. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Neil, what's your question, Neil? You're a low talker tonight, Frank. <laughs> I am indeed. Better a low talker <laughs> than a close talker. Right, right. My question is, Frank, uh, you're married, you've got a wife, you got a house, you've got a kid. Uh, if you would compare yourself to a TV dad, Ooh. would you be more like, say, a Robert Young, Fred McMurray, Yuba Mont? Or maybe a Fred Sanford or a George Jefferson. <laughs> oh, um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I see different aspects of of different TV dads. Um, I'm trying to think here. Uh, I I think maybe maybe Fraser Crane. Now it's possible that uh, I just have that in my head because Rachel and I are watching Frasier now, and he's on the radio, and I'm on the radio, and um, and you know, but I, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe not because he's he's divorced. Um, I, I, I don't want to give that some thought. I, um, you know, I, I think, see different aspects of all of them. Not George Jefferson, not Fred Sanford, although maybe I have uh, Sanford's hair both the thickness of it and how it's going gray. Um, I don't know. I'd have to give it some thought. Okay, Frank. Have a great Christmas. Thanks, Neil. He's got me curious now. I'm trying to think of all the famous famous TV dads. Um, eh, You know, there are aspects of... I don't know. You know, I I, I, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe, uh, no, I was going to say maybe one of the characters from Arrested Development. I don't know. I don't know that there is a perfect um, a perfect one for me. From Danny Tanner to Tony Soprano, uh, I'm somewhere in between, right? I don't know where. I'm not Carl Winslow. I'm not Al Bundy. I'm trying to think of all the, the TV dads. I don't know. I don't know. 800-848-9222. Um, Paulie is in Paramus. Hi, Paulie. Frank, I got a question for you. In 2024, do you think any of the Simpsons predictions will come true? My wife will tell you what they are. Oh. A woman president, a woman president flying cars, the takeover of robots taking over our jobs, zombie apocalypse, and economical collapse. Well, I think the three that I could absolutely see happening are robots taking our jobs, flying cars, and um, economic collapse. So I hope uh, Mm -hmm. that none of those three happen, although uh, the flying cars would be kind of cool. But um, we're very close to flying cars being being sold right now. There's one company that... um, you know that came out, but if I'm picking, if I'm betting which of those is most likely, I'm going with uh, I'm going with flying cars. But I don't think robots and um, 
economic collapse is far behind. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Two open lines. We'll continue with your questions straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. One of the great underrated Christmas songs of all time. Um, love it. Absolutely love it. 24 minutes after the hour, we're answering your questions on any subject this hour as we embark upon a little bit of 800-848-9222, a little bit of Ask Frank Anything. All right. Uh, let me say hello to James in New Jersey. What's your question, James? Uh, hi Frank. Hi. I know you like to partake in table games. I'm, I'm clearing clearing out a storage unit. I came across some old five dollar casino chips. I think they're probably more than ten years old. Can I still redeem these what, things? What casino? I think it's Bailey's. Uh, Bally's. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Atlantic City. Yeah. If the, are they really five years old or ten years old? You think? Oh yeah, they're they're okay. old. So you may have a little bit of trouble with those chips. Um, the, the short answer is casino chips can expire, but they usually don't as long as the casino stays in business. Casino chips, and this has been litigated, um, they're, they're good for as long as the casino wants to honor them. When you leave the casino with the chips, the casino is no longer obliged to honor the chips. However, most of them do. Here are the exceptions. The, if the casino goes out of business, they're not obliged to honor them. Now, the situation with Bally's is a very interesting one because when you got those chips, Bally's was owned by a different company than it's owned by now. Bally's was owned by Caesars when you got those chips. Now, Bally's is owned by a company that used to be Three Rivers. Now it's just called Bally's. So they could make the claim that, sorry, this wasn't our money. This wasn't our money when you won it. Um, maybe try and take it to a, a Caesars casino. 
if you go to Atlantic City, I would try and bring them to Bally's and see what they say. Take a shot. At the very least, maybe they give you a free buffet if they don't give you the money. And uh, well, they don't really offer a buffet, but they'll give you something else. And then if um, if that doesn't work, go over to one of the Caesars properties, Trop, um, Harrah's, or Caesars, and say, look. I used to play at Caesars all the time, and including Bally's when it was a Caesars property. Is there any chance I could cash them in there? Um, it's worth a shot, but I don't think just because of the change in ownership that you're going to have luck with those specific chips. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thanks, James. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Billy is in Rockland. Hi, Billy. Hey, Frank. Great show. Thank you. Uh, if you could give radio shows to any three people in the world and put them on WABC, who would they be? Ooh, wonderful question. Okay. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to exclude anyone that currently has a podcast because a podcast is similar to a radio show, and you know you could still listen to these people. So I'm going to limit it to uh, people that I would like to hear that you don't generally get to hear because they don't do a podcast or something. So, you know, like Tom Likas is great on the radio. I'm not counting him. Richard Bay is great on the radio. I'm not counting him. I'm going to name three WABC alumni, Uh, although if you gave me more time, I may come up with a more exhaustive list. The three that I'm going to name are Jay Diamond, Brian Whitman, and Doug McIntyre. Those are three people that understand the craft of radio and the artistry of radio better than anyone. And uh, to me, being on the radio is what they were born to do. So those are my three. Yes, McIntyre still work or is he done? Uh, well, he does other things. He wrote a book recently. I had him on talking about the book. But, uh, you know, uh, he's chosen not to be on the radio. But who knows? You know, if... Um, if you're giving me kind of carte blanche to pick whoever I want, I'm picking Doug McIntyre, as long as he's not taking this this time slot. Thanks, Billy. 800-848-9222. Pete in Piscataway. Hi, Pete. Hi, Frank. I got a question about Ric Flair. Sure. Did he have a heart attack years ago in the ring? Was that, was that real or not? Uh, no. Was that, was that fake? That, that was fake. That's back in 1998. Um, and that was um, a storyline that he has a big problem with. If people didn't hear Pete's question... Um, there was a, a storyline where Ric Flair had a heart attack in the ring and they made out like, oh, my goodness, usually what we do is stage, but this is real. It was not real. And then they continued the storyline uh, that Ric Flair had been poisoned. Um, none, neither of those were true. And if you read Ric Flair's book or watch any of the documentaries that have been about him, he has a real problem with Eric Bischoff because Bischoff made him do that. He was not a fan of that whole situation at all. But uh, no, that was not real. Pete, thank you. Good question. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. John is in the Bronx. Hi, John. Yeah, hi, Frank. Frank, uh, two guys were recently uh, having sex in the Senate hearing room, and only one of them was identified. Why is that? It, you know, I have no idea. I wondered the same thing. I, I don't know if they couldn't identify the other person's, um, you know, the you other know what, person. You know what I heard? What? Tell me. I heard the one who was identified confronted uh, uh, a congressman named Max. Oh, I can't think of his last name now. Yeah. And he, he talked about freedom for Gaza. Yeah, and, uh, um, that's Max Miller. That's a Jewish Max congressman, Miller, right, uh, exactly. Democrat. And you're right. And um, that was, uh, yeah, I mean, those happened the same week. He shouted free Palestine to the Ohio Republican. And that was the same week that sex tape came out. 
Um, could there be a connection? Absolutely. But I, I, it's just speculation on my part. Yeah, okay. So I'm just, I just, just very curious about that. Okay, thanks, yeah. Frank. Thank you. 800-848-9222. let us see. Bob is in Manorville. Hi, Bob. Hey, Frank. Um, real quick, um, uh, TV Dad, I think you would be... Uh, uh, Mr. Cunningham from Happy Days. How you know, that? I was thinking of that. Um, you know, uh, maybe I could, I could, I could pull that off. I think maybe. <laughs> but that wasn't my question. Sure. Um, uh, I know. Um, uh, I wasn't this past Sunday. You couldn't come in because the Verrazano Bridge was closed. Is that correct? Um, or was it the Sunday before? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't recall. I don't remember which which one. I mean, I got here. I was here. Okay. Um, is it true that um, back in the 50s, they started to dig a, a subway tunnel from Brooklyn to Staten Island, and about halfway through, they abandoned it? Um, I don't know if you heard anything about that. Um, and how come they never completed it? It's a great... you, if you think about it, Staten Island is pretty much an island. And, you know, I live on Long Island, but at least you can get off the island through the you know, through the Long Island Railroad, if if you had to, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's uh, a wonderful question, and good for you for asking it, because I think this is yeah. the first time in years that I've gotten asked that question, and that would be really groundbreaking. Now, it wasn't it wasn't the 50s. It was actually started 100 years ago this year, back in 1923, wow. 100 years ago, and the tunnel wow. was excavated into the Narrows before the mayor, John Hyland, and there's a, a street named for him, in one of those boroughs, um, you know, canceled the project two years later. The tunnel lies dormant under Owl's Head Park in Bay Ridge. There have been other proposals to complete the tunnel back in the 30s and more recently, but they say the reason is cost. The um, supporters of the tunnel, um, they even pin the cost at about $3 billion. But I would I would pay that three billion because I think the the benefit to the region the whole region of having a rail tunnel would be beneficial. My father ran for Congress in two thousand eight, and that's actually one of the things that he proposed is completing that tunnel wow, and bringing back a a rail tunnel. And, you know, one of the things, Bob, and you being from Long Island might be up on this. One of the things that I've heard is that, and I don't want to get in trouble here, but one of the things that I've heard is that some people that live in suburban white communities that are primarily drivers, they're concerned mm-hmm. that the um, that bringing rail service to those communities and connecting them to the rest of the city and the rest of the world would uh, basically destroy the ethnic homogeneity of these communities. Uh, no one said that publicly, but that's been something that's been whispered about whenever people have brought this up, including my father, um, 15, 15 years ago. Great question, though, Bob. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Rose, what's your question? Hi, Frank. My question for you is, is your wife, as the long time you guys been together, is she understanding of your long night hours? In other words, when you're coming home, is she just making everybody breakfast or making, I'm sorry, making everybody dinner or making you breakfast? Um, when I'm coming home, I go to bed pretty soon after I come home usually. My wife is 
remarkably understanding, including, you know, thankfully, my son sleeps through the night 95% of the time these days. But if she ever has something where my son is up crying and she has to stay up with him, I mean, I wouldn't begrudge her from being a little resentful that I'm coming home and I'm about to get six and a half hours sleep. But she is incredibly understanding of the importance of sleep, not only to my health, but my job. Uh, we get a lot of time in together. You know, I, um, I, my lunch is basically our family's dinner. So I uh, usually will not have breakfast with them, but uh, she enjoys, I think, that one-on-one time that she has with Carmine when they have breakfast together. But she's uh, remarkably understanding, almost um, superhuman in her understanding of my hours. Oh, that is so beautiful. Well, thanks, Rose. Have a great Christmas. 800-848-9222. We're going to continue with your questions in a moment. 800-848-9222. Ask Frank anything. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Christmas time is here. It's a jolly good time of the year. People somehow know the Christmas spirit they show. Christmas all. This is the uh, Tony. Tell me the artist again on the air. South Soul Orchestra. South Soul Orchestra. This is wonderful. This is beautiful. I don't know that I've heard this before. I think this is uh, a terrific, terrific song. All right. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to The Other Side of Midnight, a very special edition of The Other Side of Midnight proudly presents Ask Frank. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. Ask Frank anything. All right. Uh, Let me say hello to Chester in Baltimore listening on WCBM. Hi, Chester. Good morning, Frank. How you doing, sir? I uh, well, you know, aside from the f- frog in my throat, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Oh, that's pretty good. That's that's better than half the other things going on. <laughs> uh, real real quick, can you vote before you're 18? No. Well, uh, the answer is it depends, right? In my state and in your state, you cannot. 
However, okay. uh, there are there's a movement in several states, including New Jersey, and um, some states have even gone forward with this to allow people to vote in presidential primaries if they would be 18 by the time of the election. But um, okay. that, ha- that happened here in Maryland. I'm waiting in line to vote for Donald Trump. And the young boy in front of me was 17. He had six more days to go, and he did not have a voting card. What, was he registered to vote? Still, they still, no, that's wow. the problem. Well, they, they still let him go through. Well, I mean, that's uh, totally not appropriate. And uh, I hope that vote was challenged because he sh- if, if it's what you're describe, describing, he should not have been able to cast a legal ballot, not in the state of Maryland. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. That's eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Jackie is in Maryland. Hi, Jackie. Hi, I'm the one that gets up to listen to you. I'm eighty five. Thank you. <laughs> I set my alarm. I have such a hatred for the Democratic Party, and it's only because of how they treated Clarence Thomas and Kavanaugh you know, at their hearings to become judges. Sure. And I can never get over that because I watched the whole thing and I thought it was totally disgraceful, especially with the, you know, the pubic hair on the Coke can. I mean, that was disgusting. So uh, what's your question exactly, Jackie? How can I get over my hatred for the Democratic Party? You know, that's that's a very good question. You know, I I don't know, obviously, but I think of uh, Ed Koch, who I had the privilege of interviewing many times. And um, Ed Koch was a a very good mayor, especially in his first term. Subsequent terms were mediocre. But he was somebody that actually was a much better former mayor in many respects. The best ex-mayor ever. He was almost like an elder statesman and um, wrote books and uh, did all sorts of things. And was great on radio, so that's why I interviewed him as much as I could. And I asked him, because he had this bitter rivalry for years. And I'm sorry, I just looked for the audio. I couldn't find it. I, I asked him one time, hey, how did you patch things up with Andrew Cuomo? when you and his father were such bitter rivals. And what he said, and I never forgot this, what he said was that he decided years ago when he was a little older that he was no longer holding grudges against anybody, including people that have wronged him personally. He thought, and I'm paraphrasing here because I wish I had the audio, but I don't. He said, I think of all the time and energy that I've spent disliking people and holding grudges And I think, what a waste that was. And since I heard that from Ed Koch, I've tried to do the same thing. And I had the same feeling when Bruno Sammartino allowed himself to be inducted into the WWF Hall of Fame, or WWE Hall of Fame, and he patched things up with Vince McMahon. I love when someone is able to get over their very justifiable beef with someone. And, you know, I think of Ed Koch. When I'm angry at something or... I, I really can't think of anybody that I hate. I mean, uh, sure, I hate uh, terrorists and th- things like that. But in terms of actual people that I've met, I don't think there's anyone that I hate. I think there's always something that you can find that's redeemable about a person. Always. Always. No matter how bad they may be. There's got to be some good characteristic in them. 
as far as a political movement that's anathema to your views, I think that's the most interesting thing of all. Because if you look at the 2016 presidential election, for instance, the things that Bernie Sanders was saying on trade, on the war in Iraq, on uh, the TPP, very similar to what Donald Trump was saying. And imagine what potent partnerships you can have if you look to create partnerships on people that you agree with on one out of 100 issues. Think of how powerful it is to get that one issue implemented. So obviously you don't like what the Democrats did to uh, Republican Supreme Court nominees. Maybe you will agree with them on auditing the Federal Reserve or something else or uh, you know, funding for Israel maybe or funding for Ukraine. Maybe there's an issue that you can find where you have common cause with these folks, even though you may not like them. It's tougher. It's it's easier said than done. I realize that. Try. Try. 800-848-9222. That's uh, 800-848-9222. Let me say hello to Dave on Long Island. Hi, Dave. Hey, what's up? So I've been hearing a lot about the pro-Palestinian protests and colleges. I was wondering, do you think these these kids, they're really just anti-Semitic, or they just don't have their facts straight? The, yeah, anyone who's thinking logically, anyone who's thinking logically, obviously, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense. So is it, what's their hate driven by? By anti-Semitism? Or well, just you're talking specifically about college students? Yes. Okay. Uh, great yeah, question. Their opinions over the years, but these are like kids. They're, right. They're right. So I, get, I get exactly what you're saying. I get exactly what you're saying. I think... Um, I think it's both, honestly. I think you have some that have literally been uh, trained to dislike uh, Jews, right? I think they've come to believe that uh, Jews are the bad guy. I think that's a very small percentage. I think a lot of them are ignorant, and I think a lot of them, and I covered this when Isaac Salt was on this program, I think a lot of them who happen to be progressive, they've almost become trained to think that if something is big, if it's, um, if it's you know, um, uh, I don't know, the, the corporation, the monopoly, the, the big company, the successful team, then it must be evil. And by, their, by the very nature of something being small and fighting against something that's large, that small must be the thing that's on the side of good. And the reality is that's not always the case. But I think there's a progressive mindset where if something weak is fighting against something powerful, there's a temptation to side with something weak. So, But my view is that most of it is ignorance for the people that are out there legitimately saying dismantle Israel. That's my view. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Ray is in Raritan. Hi, Ray. Hi, Frank. Uh my question is, on cable news, you have the left and you have, you know, Newsmax and Fox on the right. Why is there no cable station news that is just gives you the facts and, you know, down the middle? Because it's really none. I'll hang up and listen. Well, Ray, thank you. News Nation is trying to do that. They're trying to carve their niche as being the network that everybody watches because they, you know, they just give the facts and they have pundits that are left wing, right wing. I enjoy News Nation. I enjoy being a guest on News Nation. But you know what? News Nation is not even a distant third 
News Nation is trailing Newsmax because one of the things that we're seeing is that the partisan networks, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, Newsmax, they're rewarded by promoting this tribalism. And, you know, people don't want, and cable, nuance. They don't want to hear just the facts. They say they do, but then they gravitate increasingly to the partisan networks. The exception of that is Michael Smirconish, Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern. That's the one show that legitimately is nonpartisan. That's genuinely independent. There's left-wing views, right-wing views, and I would love to see a whole network like that. That's what News Nation is trying to do. I don't think that the results are what they would have hoped at this point. I hope things improve for them because I hope it sends the message to other media outlets, including radio stations, that, yeah, you can be successful in the news media without being doctrinaire, without playing to the cheap seats on the left or the right. 800-848-9222. Nick is in New Jersey. Hi, Nick. Hey, Frank. Uh, if you could go to, if you had an option to go to space, but it's got to be for five years, Without your family, would you do it? No way, no way. Um, when when I when I as great question, Nick, but no way. When I have to come in early for work, and I don't get to put my son to bed, I'm really upset the the whole night, and I feel like I'm missing something. I mean, I don't like being away from my son for five hours. I can't I can't imagine for five years. No way, no way, not at all. Uh, not that. <laughs> oh, my boy, I love him. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Nate is in New Jersey. Hi, Nate. Hey, Frank. How are you? Um, my question is: If you could go back to your one year old body, like your one year old self, but you keep your brain and all the knowledge you accumulated over the years, like you have right now, would you do it? Do I grow at a normal pace, or am I a one year old so, forever? Yeah, no. You live your life normally. Like you start off at one and you go two, three, four, five, and your body changes and everything, but you keep the same brain as you have right now. So basically, I would get kind of a restart on 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 life, and presumably I'd get to postpone death a little bit. Yes, you would. Yeah. You know, I'm very tempted to, Nate. If I was, um, I'm going to say no, actually, uh, but because that's very tempting. There was a Twilight Zone like that. but And the reason is primarily because of my family. You know, I want to you know, know my son, I want to be able to show him how to throw a baseball and a a spiral football and uh, how to uh, jumpstart a car battery. And when he's, when he's, you know, 11, if I'm 10 or nine, those things are more difficult. Plus, obviously, it's very difficult for a three-year-old to have any sort of meaningful marriage. And it's just, it's not fair to my wife either. But I'm very tempted to, but no, I would not. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222, Tony's in Florida. Hi, Tony. Merry Christmas, Frank. Thank you. You too. Hey, give Carmine a big, fat smooch and tell him it's from his biggest fan. Okay? I will. I will. Thank you. Okay. Um, This is two-part question. When you were little, what gift did you want from Santa Claus more than life itself? I mean, you just wanted it so bad. And the second part is, what gift did you get from Santa Claus that was your biggest disappointment? Just a crushing disappointment. Oh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I wasn't really disappointed um, ever as a child. I don't remember ever not getting something that I wanted. Um, 
You know, I was really into uh, baseball. So mm-hmm. a, a lot of my biggest wants as a 9-year-old, a 10-year-old were baseball equipment and baseball collectibles. I was also really into pro wrestling. So I loved getting um, wrestling magazines and wrestling action figures. Those were my favorites. Um, I don't I don't remember ever being disappointed by a Christmas gift from Santa Claus especially. Santa always knows what you want, right? 800-848-9222. Let me say hello to... Stephen in New Jersey. Hello, Stephen. Hi. Hi, Frank. I have a question. Um, the Democrats are crazy. And what would stop them, uh, Biden, from, like, declaring martial law? And um, why isn't the military protecting the Constitution? Well, um, let me answer your first question first. So I don't see a scenario in which... Um, President Biden or any president could get away with declaring martial law, primarily because there's no authority for a president to declare martial law. The only president that we've had declare martial law was Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War. And I think, honestly, that was questionable, whether he had the authority to do that. It's one of my many issues with Lincoln. But Lincoln imposed martial law on Maryland and Missouri with congressional authorization. That authorization allowed Lincoln to suspend civil rights and habeas corpus uh, throughout, you know, throughout the those states. I don't see a Republican-led House of Representatives giving President Biden that power. I don't, uh, and I see it being almost immediately challenged and struck down by even a Democrat-leaning court. So I don't see it happening. And same goes if the parties were reversed and Trump was in power. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Marks in Garden City. Hi, Mark. Hi, Frank. Frank, I have two quick questions for you. Earlier in the week, you mentioned that you and your wife have these little cat houses out in the backyard uh, for the outdoor cats. And I wanted to—I have a couple of uh, feral cats running around my neighborhood. I wanted to ask you. Uh, do you have put heat in those in any way, or how does that how does that work? There's currently no heat. No, it's just um, it's just shelter. No heat at the moment. There is some uh, there are some cozy pillows and things like that, but uh, no heat. So I guess they get by with that. The outdoor cats all went along. I mean, it's freezing out there, but I guess they get by. It, it is, and um, you know, maybe that's something we should consider. I don't know if there are special heat accoutrements we could look at. I'll I'll bring that up with my wife. That um, th- that idea because she's always expressing concern for all these uh, animals that are out there in the freezing cold. But uh, the two that we have now, no no heat, just food. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Ray is in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hi, Ray. Yes, Frank. Um, if you could host any show, and a serious show or a game show, from the Twilight Zone to the Price is Right, what show would you host if you could pick one to host? Oh, um, well, as far as game shows, the game show that I've always wanted to host is is Jeopardy, right? I mean, I, I would love, absolutely love to host Jeopardy. Now, when you're talking about a game show like that, they want everybody to watch. And I think I've said so many controversial things on talk radio over my career that I'm sure I've said things that would disqualify me for being the host of Jeopardy. But if you're asking me which one that I would like to host, it's that one. Um, there are other shows that are no longer around that I would love to host. Like, um, you know, I really only saw one episode of the game show Deal or No Deal. 
But I thought that was the easiest job in the world. Howie Mandel would turn to the camera, or he would turn to the contestant and say, deal or no deal. That was the whole show. He didn't need to know anything. He didn't need to have any special skills. I don't even know that he needed to read a script. He would just say to each contestant, deal or no deal. The guy probably got paid a million dollars for that. Uh, maybe more. I would love an easy job like that that gives you that exposure. But if you're asking a job that would, uh, a hosting job, that would really scratch my creative itch, it's the host of Jeopardy. I would love to do that. Host of Twilight Zone or any anthology series would be fun. I think it's tough to, I, I think it's tough to s- stand in Rod Serling's shoes, though, and other people who've hosted that show. Um, I don't think it's worked out well for them. Forrest Whitaker in one of the remakes and even the recent one with Jordan Peele hasn't been as good. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222, open lines if you have a question. George is in New York. Hi, George. Hi there. Thank you, Frank. Happy holidays. You too. Uh, the cat houses you, uh, you just mentioned, how can you give me the dimensions, please? Uh, give you the what? The dimensions. The, how how big are I mean, those? They're, cat they're small. They're, they're small. I'll say they're maybe um, maybe uh, maybe three feet by two feet. Okay, they're pretty small. Yeah. Uh, oh, the main question I have is, you know, the simple uh, pleasures of life. For example, yours would be a cigar, and uh, when you are smoking a cigar. Uh, are you also at the same time uh, drinking a glass of wine or, uh, of course, you're not, uh, I mean, much into coffee drinking, which would help you, I think, every couple of hours in view of your uh, unfortunate uh, laryngitis right now. Uh, so uh, what are your, uh, you know, uh, simple pleasures of life, basically? Uh, well, I love to read. I really love to read. I do like a cigar with, with a cup of coffee. Um, I, uh, you know, those are, those are big. An afternoon nap. Love it. Absolutely love it. And, um, so those are the, those are the three, Uh, you know, you mentioned cigars, which I do like, uh, especially when there's a cup of coffee or maybe a glass of whiskey around, but I like to read. Um, I like to walk the boardwalk in Atlantic city in Coney Island, in Wildwood, whether it's the Jersey Shore, Asbury Park, any place that has a boardwalk, a boardwalk on a beach, absolutely love it. All right, um, Matt Blaze, is there a consensus on the winner? Tony, Matt Blaze, anybody? Christmas present, your favorite Christmas present. All right, do you remember? Tony. Who, uh, Tony in Florida, call back. We'll give you a prize. For the rest of you, keep asking questions.